Hello everyone and welcome to Kanan Rent Sound of Play 149.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. My name is Ryan Heyman. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by a friend. But uh, before introducing him, I wanted to uh, mention that next week is Sound of Play 150. For those of you who are good with numbers and sequences, uh, you'd be able to work that out yourselves. And so that means we're doing a, a big special show, not only because it falls on one of the tens, but also because it's one of our like you know, 50s. I don't know if there's a there's a word for that somewhere. Um, anyways, it's a big sound of play. It's going to have myself, Jay and Leon focusing on songs from video games. We had a listener a little while back correct us. We keep saying songs to refer to these musical tracks that we play. And uh, he um, he or she very rightly rightly so points out that songs uh, must contain lyrics uh, to be actually a song. And so that's just, you know, that's something that I, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to get that right. You know, that's something that just doesn't click in my head for some reason after all this time of knowing the correct answer, but being un unable to arrive on it in my conversation. Um, but yes, we are featuring music with lyrics next time around. So that's our theme next time. But before we get to that, let's get through Sound to Play 149. Get through makes it sound like a chore. Not at all. This is a <laughs> real pleasure. And the pleasure is all mine today because I am bringing back my ever-dependable uh, co-host of the Playwright podcast, which we do together. That's uh, P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E, where every week we pitch ideas for new video games and workshop each of those for 10 minutes until we come away with a, uh, a really solid, well, somewhat solid idea <laughs> For, Depends um, on the episode, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have some really good stuff in our backlog, though. I'm uh, I'm kind of proud of some of those. I'd, I'd be thrilled to see some of those end up on Xbox Live Indie Games someday. Me too. Not that that's really an option anymore. But uh, <laughs> my special guest today is Ryan Quintel. Hi. Hello, H. <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> Hello, Q. For people that don't know, we refer to each other uh, as H and Q on Playwright, where we're kind of going back and forth and and people have even come to start referring to us as HQ um which is something I I really rather like um but, that is uh, a really lucky uh acronym we have going on there uh and that's not just because we think it's really cool to abbreviate <laughs> our names like we understand it is significantly uncool but we have the same first name and so we just kind of make do so <laughs> what I'm excited about, I always love coming on Sound of Play because uh, for a little behind the scenes, uh, H here is doing a lot of the editing work on Playwright. And when I say a lot of, I mean all of. <laughs> and so <Yeah. laughs> often he's selecting the tracks that end up behind our pitch as the sort of flavor of the entire show, which is which is always wonderful. And I love uh, it. It makes the act of listening to one of our episodes for me a still fresh experience because I never know kind of what choice you're mm. going to make. Um, but now here I get to pick some songs and now I get you to do and you have will. really good taste in video game music. Uh, I'm going to preempt myself in saying that the last track that I'm sharing today 
isn't that good, but it has a strong emotional connection. So <laughs> we'll get to that when the time comes. But I think that today you're going to be showing me up as far as musical selection goes. So uh, uh, speaking of one of those tracks we heard coming into the show today, we heard last week another track from Monster Hunter World. This is similarly a track from Monster Hunter World, luckily a different one. Uh, but um, uh, why don't you uh, tell us about this one? I've not played the game yet. I've dabbled a little bit in Monster Hunter, but uh, I was surprised to hear this really beautiful, kind of peaceful, at least at the beginning, song uh, associated with the Monster Hunter series. Yeah, so this is... I have dabbled back and forth in Monster Hunters in the past, and this is the track that I'm always fascinated with the music from games that you end up spending the most time with. Um, and every time you return to the base of operations in Monster Hunter World, you're kind of listening to Cornerstone of the New World, <laughs> which is a very grandiose sound for kind of the almost like background menu music for the main hub world that you go into. But I, it is a sort of marchy thumping track that uh, has ingrained itself in my memory. And I think the memory of many players who have played this game. Uh, and every time I hear it, I think to myself, gosh, I need go to go play more monster hunter world. Are you one of those, um, monster hunter experts now? You said that you kind of <laughs> dabbled with the series before, but do you consider yourself in the time that you spent with the world to, uh, be a fairly proficient hunter? Or are you still kind of learning as you go? No, I think I'm learning as I go. I, I have not gotten to, I know the advanced players are making custom sets of armor per monster that they're farming and they know all the weapons back and forth. I picked the sort of long samurai sword. I went for it all the way. I love playing that class of character and it almost feels like, um, you know, I think a lot of people have drawn this comparison. A like I'm getting to play an action version of Bloodborne. Uh, that's certainly a little bit more forgiving at times, but certainly at other times, kind of not uh, forgiving. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as they keep putting new stuff in this game, going back and and spending more time. Um, and when it comes out on PC, maybe, you know, you and I can play it together. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I really am anxious to get into this one. It's just not one that I've been able to dedicate any time to yet um but it's definitely on my list you said an action version of bloodborne i will say first of all bloodborne is already kind of an action <laughs> game action uh, it's pretty action-packed already but uh I've, i haven't really heard the comparison between monster hunter and uh bloodborne i hear a lot of dark souls because of the very like intentional attacks and the wind-ups and dodging out of the way and the high stakes to the battles but um what are you referring to with the bloodborne comparison there well uh, i guess it's maybe some of the things that it shares with uh the dark souls series but i also think of the dark souls series as a very plotting um, slow moving sort of experience where mm -hmm. Bloodborne moment to moment, especially in the boss fights, feels especially kinetic to me in a way that I am playing with the longsword. And there are actually weapons in the game that kind of switch between two modes, similarly to Bloodborne's right, switch yeah. axe. So uh, I think when it comes to building up combos or staggering foes and uh, actually trying to land the strikes, it actually moment to moment feels a lot more like a Bloodborne 
than um, the sort of side dodgy blocky uh, Dark Souls approach to combat. Interesting. Well, we just had a release of Dark Souls once again from modern consoles. So uh, I'd imagine a lot of people are getting into that maybe for the first time, which is exciting. There's a lot of good stuff ahead of them if they've uh, just just now jumped on the Dark Souls bandwagon. That's kind of irrelevant to where we're going next. Uh, it's not much of a transition. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's go into the second piece of music that we have. This is a track from World of Goo. I always really like the tracks that are composed by Kyle Gabler. It's an interesting track. It's very upbeat. It feels kind of Tim Burton-y, like a lot of the uh, art direction yeah. from those games. Um, there's kind of a circus organ element to it. Uh, it's called Tumblr. I don't remember if I mentioned that already or not, but uh, I, I don't know. I just really like this track. It's very dynamic as well. I like the instruments. It changes quite a bit throughout the piece, the the mood, the tempo, everything. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it's just solid music. Have you played World of Goo before? I have. I I adore the game. I didn't beat it, but uh, I spent a number of hours with it, and it, it, God, the aesthetic just grabs me every time. Yeah, the art direction on that one's really strong. Uh, I think it's kind of its strongest element. I think the gameplay for me is interesting and fun to play around with a little for a little bit, but I get burnt out on it really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's because a similar. it's very like mentally taxing. There's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of having to over prepare for uh, possible challenges that might arise when your physics structure, this bridge that you're building, uh, doesn't go exactly the way that you think it will. And there's a lot of failure and having to start right back from the beginning, which can get a little frustrating over time and really slow down the pace of the game. Uh, But it's definitely an interesting idea. I think that it was well executed for the time at which it was released. Uh, could probably be done a little bit stronger now and maybe even is as some of these bridge constructor games are kind of taking on uh, a lot of the challenges that this game laid out. Uh, Not that it was the first to do this, but uh, it definitely has that feel of the like Newgrounds puzzle game era of video game design rather than something that's really modern and up to date, but it is still really engaging the music, the story, the presentation, uh, the physics are still really fun and oftentimes really funny. And so, you know, it's hard to not recommend this. Although if you're going into any of uh, 2D Boy or Tomorrow Corporation's stuff, and I would always recommend going towards a little inferno because that one is great all around. And mm. I think it still holds up. Ooh, I got to check it out. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. You would really like it. I think especially it feels like the kind of thing that we would pitch on playwright <laughs> because it's all about just throwing toys into a fireplace and there's very little else beyond that. Uh, you burn the toys. It gives you money so you can buy more toys to throw into the fireplace, but it's, yeah, it's a weird one. It's great and it has a lot of real smart commentary on like not only social global warming type stuff, but also like the state of the video game industry at that time when free to play um, tablet and iPhone games were kind of in vogue for the first time. And uh, there was a lot of um, idle games and stuff like that. And those type of games would be the exact kind of games that like these (laughs) inferno and world of goo would be up against right like yeah right the audacity of charging two (laughs) dollars for your game versus giving it for free yeah but it's a real uh, 
baked in with some excellent comedy as well and some uh, fun visual design, lots of experimentation to do. So yeah, go check out Little Inferno. That one's good. Uh, World of Goo, also very good. Let's listen to Tumblr by Kyle Gabler. next track is a request from the forum this comes from suits all of our requestees it's not the right word for it is it whatever you get the <laughs> idea uh i'll begin with the letter s that's just a coincidence today um so yeah look look out for that i guess i don't know um anyways this is a track from luigi's mansion Suits says egad's groove class that's all that really needs to be said about this <laughs> this is the track professor egad by Kazumi Tataka.
somebody left a comment underneath this video on YouTube or this track on YouTube and they said you can easily rap to this and mm. <laughs> then in my head this became kind of an Eminem song <laughs> and I really started enjoying it even more. Now this next track that we have is from another very modern game, uh, presumably also one that you're playing throughout the moment, which is why it's probably on your mind. Uh, but this comes from God of War 2018 from this year. Uh, why don't you introduce Memories of Mother? Well, this track, Memories of Mother, I think highlights some of the qualities that make this God of War, PS4 God of War, different from the series past. It is sad and it's thoughtful and it is reflective in a way that I don't think the previous God of War games really ever managed to achieve. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also about uh, the track title Memories of Mother in a way is the central theme of the game. It's very much about Kratos and his relationship with his son in this game, but the background thread, the sort of canvas it's all painted on is the fact that they're both going through a loss and uh, that loss affected them in such a way that it's kind of forced them to have a relationship with each other. It's almost like the mother, like Kratos had a relationship with her, uh, the son had a relationship with her, but their relationship with each other was, you know, thin at best. I think that this track is really good at selling that feeling and emotion and to your point earlier about it being a newer track, I'm always trying to think about songs I've brought to the show previously and, and counter-programming myself. I'm, you know, not something from Super Nintendo this time around. Let's do something really fresh and maybe people haven't had a chance to hear yet. Now, I don't mean to undercut the drama there, but uh, <laughs> one thing that I'd noticed when I listened through this is that the first few notes sound a lot like the uh, main theme from ARMS. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of want an alternate mix of this with that, uh, with the vocalist singing the arms theme over this real somber track. If they ever do a game, an adventure game in the world of arms, this can be during a moment of great <laughs> loss. Just pull that's this right. track. Don't make another one. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I like that. Anyways, listen out for that. This is Memories of Mother by Bear McCreary featuring Ivor. I guess that's the way it would pre be pronounced. Pronounced? Oh, gosh. The O has like a slash through it in the, in the real way it's printed. Oh, you can read it in the show notes then <laughs> from God of War. <laughs>
This next track is a very, very different pick. This is a, a song from Rhythm Heaven, and specifically one of the menus. This is called Endless Menu, and I believe it's from the multiplayer modes. It's just a real fun kind of uh, slinky saxophone, maybe trombone uh, type of track. And mm. uh, yeah, it's just, it's real fun. It has a weird mix of instruments. Uh, it has that good like rhythm heaven energy without being distracting, something that can fall to the background in the menu. Just before recording today, actually, I was listening to some of the soundtrack for Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix on the 3DS, and I I really didn't end up liking many of the new uh, the new music that was written for that game. There's a few tracks that are real standouts, but you know the menu music, the uh, a lot of the new remixes of old songs and stuff like that just really I don't know they just weren't that catchy. Um, and mm. I don't know if uh, Sunk, the uh, series composer, has um, returned for that for that soundtrack or whether he handed off the responsibilities to somebody else because I know that he's uh, sick right now, unfortunately, and uh, might be getting out of music in general, which is oh, no. really unfortunate. Um, but it just kind of lacked a lot of that same catchiness of the previous soundtracks. Maybe that's just my ear. Maybe I'm just less familiar with it. But uh, it kind of makes me go back to Rhythm Heaven Fever on the Wii and think about how special this game was and how uh, how fantastic this one was. I've never played a Rhythm Heaven game, <laughs> and I find myself hearing, uh, you know, both like Mystical Ninja a la the Nintendo 64 era and Splatoon in this track all at the same oh, time. Yeah. Right. Again, you would really like Rhythm Heaven. I would, if I were you, I would pick up a Rhythm Heaven fever it's a download on the wii u uh, or you can just pick up the wii disc and play that on either a wii or a wii u uh, but you know for the what 10 or 20 dollars that costs to download on wii u it's well worth the money um mm. that one's a fantastic game um, alternatively the rhythm heaven mega mix on 3ds is a pretty comprehensive collection of most of the songs in the series and so even though the new music isn't quite as uh as good as a lot of the previous entries. Um, it does have a lot of songs on there. There's a lot to see. I think it looks a little bit better on the big screen than it does on the little screen, but that's just up to personal tastes. And uh, the series originated on small screens, so that might be a more pure expression of the idea. Uh, so really either of those, but Rhythm Heaven Fever, that's one of those games that every single time I play, I walk away with a huge smile. <laughs> A lot of that comes from the music. A lot of it comes from the presentation, the very silly scenarios that you find yourself in and quickly have to learn to adapt to. Uh, but it's genuinely excellent from beginning to end. That's awesome. Anyways, Endless Menu by Tsunk from Rhythm Heaven Fever. <laughs>
This next track comes from Simon Swath from the forum who says, uh, nothing actually. Gosh, I'm so <laughs> used to that same intro. I kind of fall back into it by habit. Yeah, there was uh, there was no comment associated with this one. It was just a musical request, which is just fine. You can do that. Uh, this is called Increasing Ambition by Mikna from the uh, interesting art game Hohokam on the PS3, PS4, and PS Vita. Do you remember Hohokam, Ryan? I do. Actually, I played a bit of Hohokam, and it is definitely my kind of uh, visual palette in terms of how it uses color. Yeah. This track is also my kind of you know, warm, synthy stuff that I would listen to anyway. So I was, I, I really loved hearing this in isolation. I don't remember it from the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with both of those things. I will say that I didn't like the game as much as I wanted to. I found it was a little pixel hunty uh, and not always super clear on, which I guess is the point, not super clear on what you're <laughs> supposed to be doing. You're supposed to just be uh, taking sheer joy in the discovery. But every once in a while, you get to a point where you just kind of want to progress to the next thing. You feel like you've gotten all of the fun that you can out of a particular screen, but you just haven't really worked out the right way to advance, Yeah, um, which is a little frustrating sometimes. There's a lot of really great visuals in there. Um, there's some real magical musical numbers as well, like you'll hear in a moment. But uh, gosh, I wish it was just a little bit less oblique, which is not usually the way that I... I mean, I'm a huge Monkey Island fan. I'm a huge fan of uh, real obscure puzzle games. So I don't know what it is about this one that um, got under my skin, but it, it did a little bit. <laughs> Uh, anyways, let's listen to Increasing Ambition from Hohokam.
third request from the forum today comes from Sergeant Silent, who says, The sense of calm this track portrays is almost magical. It pacifies and soothes the soul in a world that could be ending any day. It presents an unspoken hero, someone who sees a future for the world, one where it survives to be exactly what everyone wants, where we rule ourselves and are not ruled by the gods above us. This is called Hope's Theme, Tomorrow's Dream by Lena Rain from Final Fantasy XIII 2. Uh, I've not played any of the 13 games, any of the Final Fantasy 13 games, I should say, the games in the Final Fantasy 13 subseries, <laughs> yeah. which I think there are three or four of them. Uh, but it's, I've encountered the 13 2 soundtrack in the past and have been really, really impressed by what I've heard. And uh, this track is no exception for some reason. I mean, Final Fantasy music is nothing to be scoffed at on, you know, any day of the week. But this soundtrack in particular, I think, really kind of caught me unaware of just like, oh, this is really catchy. This is really good. I like this soundtrack a lot. How uh, how into Final Fantasy in general are you, Q? I guess I fall into the what a lot of maybe hardcore Final Fantasy players would call uh, filthy casual where <laughs> uh, I love Final Fantasy 7 dearly. Um, I enjoyed Final Fantasy uh, 9 uh, quite a bit. I notoriously okay. hate Final Fantasy 10 and I only spent probably a dozen hours or so with 15, but uh, I, I enjoyed my time with it, but I, I fell off when they were like, yeah, we're going to fix the game. Um, and I said, okay, well, it doesn't seem like it's appropriate for me to play it now, but the music throughout has always been fantastic. And I love uh, listening to this and listening to it almost has a sense of uneasiness uh, to mm. it. And so it makes sense hearing uh, Sergeant Silent talk about the end of the world. It sounds like that that is looming over this track in, a, in an interesting way. It's a beautiful track. Uh, it has some of that acoustic guitar or kind of a rhythm track. It has that silent strumming in between notes that I usually associate with like Spanish guitar, uh, but it's definitely not played in like a Spanish guitar style, I would say. Backed by cello, which I know anyone who's been a longtime listener of the show will know, always gets me really enthusiastic. I love a good cello. It's got some real subtle building over time, which is another thing I really go for. And it's just got super clear, crisp instrumentation which i love um the great sound i would uh, just blanket recommendation even though i've not heard all of it check out the final fantasy 13 2 soundtrack you might have overlooked the game in the past but uh it's excellent music from what i've heard we've featured uh one track from it before and we'll continue to feature tracks from it again in the future i'm sure uh the cater rinse podcast is going through the entire Final Fantasy series right now, so you can... Well, not the entire Final Fantasy series. That is a huge misstatement on my part. The Final Fantasy series is immense. Instead, we will be skipping Chocobo Racing and covering everything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're just hitting the main numbered entries. So I don't know if they're going to hit 10-2 or 13-2 or any of these uh, sequels, so to speak. So check that out on the main podcast. Let's listen to Hope's Theme, Tomorrow's Dream from Final Fantasy thirteen two.
And now another JRPG track, but one that is much older. This is the oldest track that we have on feature today. Coming from UQ, what are you bringing us today? I was so excited for you, uh, to, or so excited for myself to be invited, rather, on the show today, because I recently wrote about this very track. I called the the post, even with constraints, you can create something great. And I learned the whole story of The Legend of Zelda and how it was originally apparently developed for something called the Famicom Disk System. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you already knew about this, but I had no idea what that thing was. It obviously had more capability than the Famicom itself. It had, I guess, more RAM and, and more storage. And so the original Legend of Zelda theme that people remember as this kind of timeless classic is not actually the complete version that they originally made of that song. This Famicom Disk System version is, when you listen to it, I think more nuanced, it's more detailed, it's a little richer, um, but it still feels like the NES song. I just thought it was a really interesting exercise in saying, like, even with something compromised and edited down, if it doesn't even match the original creative vision, uh, point for point, note for note, you can still end up with something that people generally agree is one of the best video game themes ever made. Famicom Disk System had a few more uh, layers of audio that they can put on and some different noises that it could use as well. So on the Legend of Zelda soundtrack, and I believe Zelda 2 as well had a Famicom Disk System version as well. Mm. You can hear a lot more like bells. You'll hear that in uh, in this track as well, I believe. Bells, some of this warbly trumpet sound, which sounds a <laughs> yeah. little goofy by my ears, and I don't know if I like it as much as the chiptune sound that I'm used to. It's certainly a different sound, so it'll probably strike a few of you as being very unfamiliar, a little alien. It sounds... I don't know if I would say the I like the instruments better because I've really become accustomed to the chiptune NES sound and I've really you know gotten to like it for its own merits over the years uh, but it's um I think it does a better job of emulating real instruments. I I think you're absolutely onto something there which is one of the interesting parts about this it's almost like the the song itself needed to be edited down in a way like hmm. the chiptune version of it that we ended up getting feels, you know, more restrained, a little bit more pure. Um, and if you find them on YouTube, it's certainly louder. Uh, I don't know if that's just the nature of yeah. how that system ended up outputting audio or what, but um, yeah, it's something, something very familiar and hopefully different at the same time. There's a lot of uh, complaints about chiptune music, traditional square waves and such being real harsh, real tinny. And so this version of the song is probably a lot more pleasant on the ears for people who really aren't accustomed to the chiptune sound. But I think there's something that's really irreplaceable about that sound, um, even if it is a little harsher. But that's really up to each individual's listening preferences. Mm. Uh, but regardless, this is a Koji Kondo song. It's a true classic. This is the title theme, the Famicom Disk System version from The Legend of Zelda.
With only one track to listen to for this show remaining, we would like to remind everyone to go to the forum at canonrinse.com forum, where you can request your own pieces of music, not your own pieces of music, your own favorite pieces of music from video <laughs> games. If you've composed something, we would love to hear it. We'd probably also love to talk to you. We will play your favorite pieces of music on future Sounds of Play. Uh, do check out the Canon Rinse podcast as well. That is where we talk every Monday about one video game, sometimes two, two or three video games, sometimes an entire series, very rarely, for a in-depth two-hour historical conversation and really dig into the details of what makes those games interesting, unique, significant in the history of video gaming. It's a uh, it's it's a very good podcast. I don't contribute uh, on mic to that one anymore, uh, but I'm still in the editing bay and I still listen every week. So uh, yeah, again, high recommendation. Go check that out. Also, while we're here, <laughs> uh, let's give another shout out to Playwright. That is the podcast that uh, both Ryan Quintel and myself do, and it is released every Tuesday morning. So you got your candidates on Monday. Playwright on Tuesday, Sound of Play on Wednesday. Oh my goodness, we've almost, now we got to get Thursday and Friday shows and really, really fill out the week for people. I don't know if I have the time to record two more shows every week, but <laughs> it's a really fun show. It's just a really creative place where we can just come together and take joy in the creation of bizarre, wacky video game ideas and just kind of workshop them until we have something that we're happy with or until the time runs out, whichever of those come first. But we really make an earnest attempt every week of coming up with something truly novel, truly unique, and uh, really thought-provoking. And, you know, it's just fun to kind of sit back and imagine what these games would be like and uh, kind of push the boundaries. So that is Playwright, P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E. You can find that on playwrightcast.com or at our Twitter, at PlaywrightCast. Yeah, it's not also not totally a companion show to uh, Kane and Rince, but, you know, we've had people like Leon on, and uh, the other day, I think we did a pitch uh, where we kind of worked through an idea that that crew had about Rampage, and that ended up being one of my favorite uh, sort of third-party submission pitches that we've ever done. So, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, almost a chaser if uh, if the critical video game discussion is your shot. It's fun. It's it's real laid back. We just have a good time uh, kind of pitching video games back and forth, coming up with fun ideas and seeing where they take us. So anyways, that's every Tuesday. Thank you again, Ryan Quintel, for coming on Sound of Play. Uh, we will have you back again in the future, I'm sure. You know, you're my... Uh, my podcasting co-host so you're the uh very dependable choice when i need to uh put together a show right at I'm the your, last minute i'm your bottom b if that makes <laughs> but in the best possible way of course yes absolutely it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here thank you for having me and um yeah what the heck i'm not gonna get wistful we'll be recording again in a couple of days yeah exactly uh this last piece of music that we have to listen to i prepped at the beginning of the show saying I don't know if it's a very good piece of music. I think it's kind of fun, but it also has a little bit of that like circusy whimsy to it that I know that um, sometimes people have objected to in the past. So if it's not your thing, you can turn it off. That's why we put it right at the end of the show. But what I wanted to mention is that I have a very deep personal connection with this song. When I was a little kid, I 
loved Godzilla. Like I was a huge Godzilla fan, uh, despite what happened in 1998. It's a uh, a terrific uh, series of Japanese movies, and I used to just consume them nonstop. My my cousin had quite a few of them on VHS, and so anytime that I went over to his place, uh, we would always be um, we'd always watch new Godzilla movies, and we had our favorites. I had a kind of a Godzilla themed birthday party one year. I was a huge fan in general. <laughs> and so I had a Game Boy growing up as well. And my parents at one point for a holiday, I believe, just uh, bought me the Godzilla game on Game Boy. And for those of you who have played it, it uh, is very little like the movies, but it's a pretty good puzzle game. I was going to uh, say, as evident from this track. <laughs> yeah, right. This doesn't like really movies. fit with the Godzilla <laughs> ethos. Um, but it is a pretty good puzzle game. You're just, it's a side scrolling, almost like a block pushing game, uh, where you, you Mm. climb vines to get around this stage and you, you punch blocks to try to squish other monsters. And I think the, uh, the objective of the game is to break every boulder, uh, by punching it against a wall or something to advance to the next stage. And, you know, all the monsters are there in some form or another. They're just uh, kind of silly enemies. Everyone's in a very chibi style. It's very cute. It's very uh, harmless. It's very not Godzilla, but whatever. Uh, But it's one of those games that I don't believe had a save system. And so whenever Mm. you start this game, you start from the very beginning. And this piece of music is the uh, the music that you would hear on uh, level one. And I'm sure we'd come back on uh, other levels throughout the game. But this was a piece of music that I heard very, very often. And it was one of maybe three songs that growing up were perpetually stuck in my head for like ever, like up until this day. You know, you have those music, those uh, pieces of music that just stick with you over time that are just constantly on a loop in your head. And uh, let me see if I can remember what the others. Uh, one of them was definitely Sabretooth's theme from Killer Instinct. I think specifically the Game Boy version of that as well. And the there was a theme from uh, Gex 3 that uh, they oh. played the same piece of music, uh, kind of remixed all throughout the game. And uh, specifically the version of that song from the war-themed channel I thought was a very catchy tune. I don't know if I've featured it before or not. I'll feature it again in the future if I haven't. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, those three songs were stuck in my head for years and years and years and years. And uh, it's something that's a little annoying about that, something that's a little comforting about it. You know, it's something from my childhood that I've more or less kept um, throughout the years. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't mean to inflict the same level of earworm on anyone else. I don't think it'll be the case because you're not playing this track dozens and dozens of times, but um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun piece of music. I don't know if it's any good or not. Uh, Q is, is this song good or is it just nostalgia? Um, Man, I had a discussion recently with people about the Hyrule Warriors microsite on Nintendo.com. Mm-hmm. Is it good? Or is it complete trash? <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like, in my head, first of all, I listen to the music, and then I tried to think of Godzilla, and I just can't make the connection no matter what I do. So I picture uh, Godzilla wearing a sombrero 
and taking a nice <laughs> stroll in like, uh, you know, Central Park or something on a nice sunny day. And then maybe I can get into this being Godzilla. But I think, you know, this piece of music transplanted on other things would change how people perceive the quality of it. And I think in an upwards, <laughs> in an upwards motion. So right. I think it could be good. That's my vote. Okay, well, I guess we'll leave it to everyone to judge for themselves. This is the level one music from Compile's Godzilla game on Game Boy, composed by Masanobu Tsukamoto, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.